0: Welcome to the Strong StrongCast. I'm Armstrong Williams. You know, recently, um, James Comey, in an interview uh, with ABC's George Stephanopoulos, made a comment that President Trump was not morally fit to serve as president. You know, I am someone who believes that moral striving is critical to leadership. Righteousness is critical to leadership. And while we get caught up in all the other things that James Comey may have said, uh, that judgment, that indictment of our sitting president, cut very deeply for me. And I wanted to invite um, Rob Bluey from the Daily Signature, who's his editor-in-chief, and William Riccadella from the Daily Caller to sit and talk about what does it mean when you say someone is not morally equipped to be president of the United States. I mean. Are you saying that ministers are not morally equipped to preach in the pulpit when they fall short? Are you saying teachers are not morally fit to teach when they fall short? I mean, you could use that moral barometer for every aspect of leadership, even even the household. So I want to delve into it. He said the president is morally unfit to be president. What does that mean, William? Let me start with you.
1: Well, what does it mean? What's James Comey mean when he says it? I mean, it means he's a political actor that's trying to sell a book at this point. Um, I don't know, it, 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 you know, that's politics wholesale. You, you know, what, what are you judging him based on morally? He didn't really define terms. I think it's just a political uh, thing to say. There would be people on the right that could probably say the same about Barack Obama or any other Bill Clinton. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, where do more, what, what moral standards is he talking about? How does that fit into his job? Moreover, he's not the one that decides who the president is, the American people are. So, you know, I think it's that's more for James Comey to elaborate on.
0: So let's dig deeper. This is a strong cast with your host Armstrong Williams. Let's just go deeper than just what William has stated. What does morally fit mean? Well, I think James Bluey? Yeah, let's yeah. first define that.
2: Yeah, well. It's, I think it's. we all define it slightly differently, probably, Armstrong. But I mean, for me personally, what does it mean? It means somebody who is going to have the best interests of the American people. If you're the president of the United States, or you're going to have the best interests of the American people uh, as you do your job on a daily basis. And I think through his actions and uh, the time he's been in office, President Trump has demonstrated that. But the American people saw firsthand some of his shortcomings during the 2016 election, right? And they made a decision. Millions of Americans made a decision to pull that lever for Donald Trump knowing that maybe he did in this past have some moral shortcomings. But I think uh, to be morally fit to be president, he's certainly demonstrated through his actions that he
0: is. So um, obviously the FBI director um, used this term. Was he speaking to his character? Was he, what, what, what was he speaking to? Was he speaking to his leadership? Was it speaking to his results? Was it speaking to the fact that you continue to see women alleging these affairs Um, because many young people are watching this. Yes. And we, we had this debate some time ago um, when the president of the United States, when the media tried to make us believe that oral sex was not sex. And we know that oral sex is sex, no matter how you try to make the president look good at the time, you don't get to change to define what morality is. It was defined before we ever were thought about on this planet Earth. So help us dig a little deeper in talking about morality. While it is important, it's something we all struggle and try to be better at in our character every day. William?
1: I mean, I don't want to delve into the metaphysics of sex here, but I think you know what Comey's talking about is per- both his political and, and private life. I think that on the left, there's people that find Donald Trump to be racist and, racist and bigoted and so on. And I think he's part of that political uh, uh, you know, sounding board that thinks that. I also think it has to do with the Stormy Daniels stuff, the Access Hollywood tape. I mean, this is stuff we've been hearing you know, from Democrats for a long time. I think Comey's no different. Um, I think that defining terms, like you said, is mostly political from the standpoint of Bill Clinton, where oral sex is and sex is all politics. I mean, I don't think it's anything more than that. And I think delving any deeper is to give it too much justification.
0: So based on what William is saying, then Bill Clinton would have been morally unfit to serve as president.
2: Sure. I think you could look at throughout history, Armstrong. There's probably a number of, of presidents who, <laughs> who you would judge under that standard uh, and, and come to the conclusion, if you were in James Comey's shoes, that there were others that would be morally unfit. But, but I think, again, that's where I come back to the fact that Look, we've all we, we all sin in our own ways, right? And and those are and Donald Trump. I think when he has made mistakes in his past, he's come out and acknowledged them and, and asked for forgiveness. Look, he's he's married three times, so obviously you know there are some things that he's done in his life that you know as a Christian you probably would look at in a, in a different way. I think what it comes down to with James Comey, as you said, will is a situation where he has an axe to grind. I mean, he was fired by this man, and so of course he. Thinks that Donald Trump is morally unfit because he he himself does not like the way that he was treated by President Trump.
0: Let's let's just suppose this. Um, we lost First Lady Barbara Bush recently, and I remember reading the story uh, at the height of President Bush's uh, presidency. Uh, people really didn't understand HIV and AIDS, and people believed that just touch someone you could contract the virus. And my God, don't kiss them! And it really created a panic. Uh, in throughout the entire society, until Barbara Bush went to an AIDS clinic, and there was this kid who who realized he had the AIDS, he was fired from his job, he was disavowed by his parents, and he said to the former First Lady, all I need is a hug. Not only did she hug him, but she proceeded to take an eight-month-old baby and kiss that baby too, and it changed the stigma of AIDS and that issue forever. That's a moral issue. It's an example. It showed a lot of compassion, and it showed that we must all heal these wounds of these stereotypes that we place upon people that sometimes can just shatter their lives and lead to suicide.
2: That's true, and I think, look, you can look at other presidents. I mean, I think one of the—we were just talking about Bill Clinton, for instance. I mean, Bill Clinton had a way of connecting with people that I think maybe— Others were willing to excuse some of his his bad uh, and, and immoral behavior because they saw how he was compassionate towards certain certain individuals, and you can go throughout history and find people who had that. Barbara Bush is a great example of that. I mean, somebody who not only in the example that you shared, but also her her passion for literacy and what she did not only when she was in the White House, but in her time
0: afterward. And and then Rick, the the point that we really want to emphasize today is that we all sin, we all fall short, we all struggle with something. And what people don't understand, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Bill Clinton, or whether it's us as individuals, when we improve upon our moral character, when we improve upon our compassion, and we try to do to others as we want them to do unto us, The world around us automatically improves. It's not just Donald Trump improving the world. It's where we improve the world where we are.
1: Yeah, it comes down to policies. There's no single person who's morally infallible. Therefore, there's no institution in government that will be morally infallible. The thing is to run these things optimally, which means judging somebody based on their policies, you know, uh, less regulations, more, you know, voluntary exchanges, more uh, private property rights, things like that that have, you know, through history proven, To help the most people particularly those in poverty all over the world Um, and I think that's something that Donald Trump uh, supports more so than say his his opponent at the time who was the the alternative Hillary Clinton so I think it comes down to what policies are more moral from the standpoint of you know natural law here particularly here in the United States with private property rights uh, freedom of speech uh, you know the right to bear arms and things like that we know that these this creates an atmosphere for one of the most successful, well, the most successful, uh, society in human history. So I think people need to look more at the policies and not what Donald Trump did in 2006.
0: But it also reminds us we're all in the business, uh, whether it's from the ownership side, the editorial side, uh, as a writer. We, it is important that people remember of the good because we get so caught up in the criticism and the brutal diminishing of our president that it gets lost, there's still a lot of good that he does. There's a lot of good that Bill Clinton has done, no matter how we may be on the left and right. Every now and then we, we have to tell the good news, the good story about the progress that our leaders are making, that parents are making, that children are making. Everything is not about lead and bleed and violence and drugs and opioids. There's a lot of good, but it gets lost and it seems that so many people are buying into this narrative that only these leaders can do bad. There's nothing good and there's nothing social redeeming about their character. You would
2: certainly think so. (laughs) Armstrong, I've had the opportunity recently to to interview uh, Scott Pruitt and, and Betsy DeVos, who are part of Trump's cabinet, and of course, uh, and we talked to Ben Carson, and, and all of these headlines are just so negative time and time again. And you miss any of the good things that they're doing. I mean, t- take Scott Pruitt, for example. Every day it seems like there's another headline out there, and yet he's made more progress on cleaning up Superfund sites across this country than his, his predecessors in that role. But you're right. The, the, the media seems intent on focusing on the negative news over and over and over again, and you never even have an opportunity to consume, if you're an American citizen, some of the things that are happening in a very positive direction.
0: Isn't it true that sometimes we can become a victim of of, of just sending out this very narrative without realizing that we're the same, but we have to tell the good news.
1: Oh no, I I absolutely agree. I think most of it really is tribalism and people not looking at truth anymore. I mean, it's picking a team and clearly the media has picked a team. Um, I mean, they're literally the Praetorian Guard for for government, for for, for Democrats, Um, and that's what they do. I mean, uh, you know, so that's what, that's primarily what you'll see in the media. But sure, I think there's people out there, everyday Americans, that see. Yeah, you know, Barack Obama was a moral guy. Donald Trump is, a, a, to some degree, is a good guy. Bill Clinton is. I mean, a lot of these people that voted for Trump switched from Obama to Trump. I think you'd see a lot of the voters that voted for Trump also voted for Bill Clinton. Um, I think a lot of these blue collar folks in the middle of the country are looking at policies and looking at looking at what you know uh, through their own lens rather than the lens of, of of mass media. And I think that this last election really proved that that people are doing what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and, and character still matters. Oh. All striving still matters, but in all that, we're human beings at the end of the day, and we will struggle. And sometimes we don't always make the mark, but it's, as long as you have life, there's always an, another chance. Uh, I, in my conversation today wasn't really to talk about calming, it, or really to talk about the president, it's really to talk about the fact of uh, no one, no individual gets to define uh, morality Except for themselves, because it was defined for us. Um, and obviously, when you're out selling books or you have a clear agenda, and especially as you continue this movement of selling your book, you realize your person's own contradictions, their own flaws, even the people, I mean, even the pettiness towards the president, it becomes so personal. And then you get this haughtiness. That you some kind of purveyor of the truth, that you're some kind of holier than thou, and you really lose your real mission of what you're trying to accomplish. And I think even in this book tour with Mr. Coleman, he's lost a lot of respect and the credibility because the person that he was supposed to be above the fray and show the leadership is lost because what's in his heart is truly coming out. That
2: is that is absolutely true. I mean, it's it's notable, Armstrong, that you've had people on the right, left, and in the center. Who've all come out and said this is not the James Comey that we thought we knew. Uh, clearly, there's a political animal here, a, a person who has, has you know picked up like little things to criticize the president on, and you you have also a situation where he's admitted that he looked at polling numbers to make a decision about whether or not to open up reopen the Hillary Clinton investigation, and you're just like. This is doing more damage to the law, enforce, law enforcement community uh, than, than if he had just kept his mouth shut and not <laughs> written the book. So you just have to wonder what, uh, what his real motive and agenda is.
0: This is Armstrong and Strong Cast. My advice to you is work on your own character, work on your own moral striving. and I guarantee you the world around you will approve. William and Rob, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for watching another edition and listening to another edition of the StrongCast.